The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. this morning. And over the last several weeks, we've been talking about what it means to walk in relationships in the right way. That uh, relationships can be a tricky business, and it can be a very slippery slope to navigate. And so we've been looking at what the Word of God says about how to navigate these relationships so that we can get on the right footing with the people in our lives. And so we began the series talking about our relationship with God. We talked about our relationship with the friends of our life. Last week, me and Sarah talked about the relationship that we have with our spouse and how we can get on better footing in that. And today, I want to talk to you about another relationship uh, opportunity that you have in your life that is crucial that you get it right. Uh, And that is the relationship that you have as a parent with your children. Now, maybe you're here today and you don't have any children yet. And so you're kind of thinking, well, this is the point when I check out. Don't check out on me, okay? I promise you, if you don't have kids, you will someday. And you're going to need some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today. Or maybe you're here today and and that part of your life is over. But we're going to be talking about some things in relation to parenting that may help you to kind of see where maybe some parenting relation slips happened in your upbringing that maybe will bring you some freedom today. So it's going to be really good. If you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we start today. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity we have to come into your house, to be in your presence, and to learn more about how to, how to carry out the relationships of our life in the right way. And so, God, we invite you into this place today. We welcome you here, and we ask you to come and to speak to us and to communicate to us exactly what we need to hear. Holy Spirit, we say that you are welcomed in this place, and we ask that you would be the loudest voice in this room today, that, that people in this room would hear you today, and you would guide us into the truth that sets us free. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And when you think of relationships... And especially when you think of parenting. Parenting is interesting because in parenting, uh, we have this potential in front of us. And parenting has the potential to either be really amazing and good and be filled with joy and filled with these, these moments of pleasure that can come into our life through our children and through the relationship we have with them. But we also have this potential, if it's not done correctly, that it can lead to a lot of sorrow and some serious pain. And so as we jump into this today, just like we've been doing throughout this entire series, we want to look at what the Word of God says and kind of the owner's manual so that we can connect with God in the right way and do this parenting thing the the right way. Now, as I was thinking about this this last week, I was thinking about, you know, if God was to kind of come up with a want ad for parenting, like he's looking for parents, what would he be looking for? You know, it's interesting. In the world we live in today, you have to have a license to drive a car, um, right? You, You have to have a license to get married, but you don't have to have anything, really, to, to have a child. You can just have a child. And yet it's this huge thing that we have in front of us, raising up a child that is so impressionable by us as their parents. And so I was thinking about, what, what would God, if he was doing a want ad, what would that look like? And so I kind of wrote something, all right? You guys ready for this? Here we go. Want ad for parents, all right? Here it is. Wanted, someone to help raise and mold the eternal soul of a precious child. Kind of an intense moment there, right? Job responsibilities include teaching, doctoring, cooking, cleaning, chauffeuring, fixing toys, being a friend, a bum wiper, a nose blower, a back scratcher, an apple peeler, a party organizer, a social planner, a book reader, a game player, a laundry doer, a fort builder, a problem solver, a confidant, a role model, and more. Hours, 24 hours a day, no vacations, 
no overtime. Anybody ever feel like that when it comes to parenting? Right? And, and that really, honestly, that's not even touching, scratching the surface of really what it means to be a parent. But parenting, I, I think we would all agree, it's a big deal. Especially if you have kids, you understand this is a big deal. So what does God have to say when it comes to parenting? Well, let's look at that this morning. If you have your Bible, open it up to Psalms 127. Uh, maybe you have an iPad or an iPhone or whatever that may be. Turn, click over to there. Or if you don't, you can just look up here on the screen with me. Psalms 127. Now, this, what we're about to read here uh, is a psalm that was written by Solomon. Uh, most of the psalms were written by King David, but this is one of two psalms that were written by Solomon. Solomon was said in the Bible to be the wisest man who ever lived. That came from, from God's own mouth, that he was, he was called the wisest man to ever live. So this is not the worst advice in the world when it comes to, to raising our kids here. All right? Psalms 127, we're going to look at verse 1, and actually we're going to read the whole thing. It says this, Unless the Lord builds the house... The work of the builder is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. I'll stop right there. So here's what God's saying in this first part of this this chapter. He's saying, listen, if I'm not in it, you don't want to do it. Is really what he's saying. If I'm not involved in it, if I'm not a part of it, then it ain't going to be very successful. It's not going to work out the way you want it to. You're going to have a lot of sorrow. You're going to have a lot of pain. It's not going to be as good as if I'm involved in it. And so listen, as a parent, that's where it starts. Just like everything else we've talked about in this series, we have to start by including God into this relationship with our parenting. All right, let's read on. Verse 3, look at this. Children are a gift. Everybody say gift. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward. Everybody say reward. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows. Remember that. In a warrior's hand. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he, conf- when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Okay, so, so Solomon starts off talking about how God has to be involved. And then he goes into this analogy about how kids are to be raised. And he, he likens these kids, the kids in our home that we parent, he likens them to arrows. And so if we take this, this analogy here and we kind of play it out in, in relation to how we raise our kids, it plays out kind of like this. Every child is like an arrow. Every home is like a quiver. Every family becomes like an archery range, a place where you're practicing for one day. And every parent becomes an archer, but, but even more so, it, notice it says that there are arrows in the hands of a warrior. Not just an archer, but a, a warrior archer is what this kind of plays out to. Okay, so, so today I want to look at parenting with this idea in mind here of, of parenting our kids to be these arrows, like Solomon talked about here, that we release into the world uh, and, and what that looks like. So what, it, what kind of mindset we need to have as parents? What, what kind of practices do we need to have in place to help us to do this? So I have four points for you this morning in relation to raising kids to be these arrows. But before I get into those four points, I have a bonus point for you I'm going to give you up front, okay? So it's actually five points, but this one is separate from those, all right? Here's the first point. Write this down if you're taking notes this morning. Children are a blessing, not a burden. Children are a blessing, not a burden. In fact, turn to the person beside you and tell them that. Say, children are a blessing, not a burden. I remember when me and Sarah were were first 
uh, we first became pregnant with our son, guess, I say we, I, I, I didn't become pregnant actually. She did. She did all the hard part. But I remember when she became pregnant and she started to show. If you saw my wife, she's a tiny person, so she shows really quickly into her pregnancies. And I remember her beginning to show, and I remember we would start getting this kind of unsolicited advice from people everywhere we would go. They would give us this advice in relation to parenting, in relation to having a child, and most of the time, it was negative. <laughs> it would be like, hey, you know, I hope you guys are catching up on your sleep now, because once that baby's born, you're not going to sleep anymore. We're not going to sleep anymore. No, what? <laughs> we, we still sleep, by the way. Um, I remember uh, people saying stuff like, I hope you, you got some money saved because these children are, are really expensive. Oh, wow, okay, so we're not going to sleep anymore. Now we're not going to have any money anymore is what people are telling us. I remember being at the grocery store, and, uh, and Gus, our, our firstborn, was born. And he's just a little guy. And, you know, we're, first, we're first-time parents. We're glowing, you know. We're totally doting over our little guy. We've got him in his... In, his, uh, in the cart, you know, with all the, the sanitized things all around him that you do with the first child. The new one we just throw in there by the third one. But this first one, we got them all in there, and we're walking around. And you know how you are as a parent, like your first child. You, like, walk around the grocery store, and you think that everybody's probably just walking by going, look at their child, it's amazing. They're not. But anyways, we're in line. We're checking out. And this lady turns around, and obviously she must see how happy we are. And, and she, she gives us some, some uh, solicits a little bit more advice there. She said, well, enjoy it while you can, uh, because once they turn two, you'll wish he was never born. <laughs> Thank you? Like, what, what do you say to that? Like, and this is like how people kind of present ch- parenting to us. And, and let's be honest. Here's the thing about having kids. Like, kids change your life. They really do. And, and I, I like to say this, kids kind of take the selfishness out of you, right? Like when you have kids, your life changes. Like you can't just do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it anymore. That changes. Like I remember uh, when me and Sarah, before we had kids, like we would just be sitting on the couch some nights and just be like, hey, you want to go out? Yeah, let's go out. What do you want to do? I don't know. Let's just go out. And so we would just go out. We can't do that anymore, right? Like for us to go out, it's like it's, we have to sit down and have a meeting, Okay. Uh, okay, so what, let's look at this on the calendar. What day can we do it? And who are we going to get to babysit? And do we have enough money to do this? Because babysitters are making $100,000 a year now. And, you know, what all is it going to take to do this? And then, you know, while we're out eating McDonald's and going to a dollar movie and our, our babysitter's having a filet mignon in our house, we're, <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's got, we got to figure all this out. we got to arrange it and get it all worked out. And then, like, going to dinner. Remember before kids, like you go to dinner and you sit down and people serve you and you just kind of chill and eat chips and eat food and it's this relaxing thing. It's, it's different now. When we go to eat, it's work. You got to have a high chair and you got to get the kid buckled into it and you got to make sure this one isn't sitting by that one or it could be bad news. And so then your food comes out and it's all hot and ready to be eaten and it's in that moment that one of my children always needs to go to the restroom. And it's not just that they need to go to the restroom. They need to go to the restroom like 10 seconds ago. They don't, like, like, like us, where we need to go to the restroom and we go. No, for them, it's like, I need to go to the restroom. Oh, I just went, sorry. <laughs> this is what we, we deal with. And so like once they say that, you know, you have your enchiladas there. And it's like, okay, come on. And you're running and sprinting to the bathroom to get them there. And, and then you go home and it's time for bed. And you think it's just this relaxing thing, you know, before kids, you just kind of wind down and go to, and all with you, you get kids, it changes. 
You got the bath time and the brushing of the teeth and the brushing of the hair. And, and the girls who have the long hair that you have to brush that are going to gripe at you the whole time because it hurts. And, and inevitably in our home, uh, just about every night, somebody's going to be running around naked and giggling. And it's not me and Sarah. <laughs> the days of us running around naked and giggling are long gone. In fact, that would probably be pretty traumatizing for the kids nowadays. And so here's the deal. Like, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, there's a lot that goes into it. And yet, the Bible tells us, Psalms 127, let's look at that again. It says that they are a gift. Verse 3, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward. You know, a reward is something that, that you earn. It's like you've, you've been awarded this. This is your reward. God sees our kids as a reward. It goes on to say, uh, how joyful. Verse 5, how joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. And yet I think a lot of us, if we were writing our translation of the scripture, I have an alternate translation that you might, you might think through sometimes. That it says, says it kind of like this. Children are a burden from the Lord. And the fruit of the womb must be his way of testing us. As a source of endless work and continual aggravation, so are the children of one's youth. Unhappy is the man who hears his neighbor ask, do all those kids belong to you? But listen, that's not what it says. It says that they're a gift, that they're a reward, that happy is the man, that, that joyful is the man. You know that word joyful in that verse is translated happy, but it's not just happy, it's actually translated happy, happy. Like God goes all duck dynasty on us in this verse here. Happy, happy is the man. Children are this, this great source of joy, and yet they can feel sometimes like a burden. The work of having kids can feel like a burden sometimes. Anybody relate to this? And, and beyond that, the weight of raising our children. You know, this is a big task. And it's an important task that we got to get right. Someday your kids are going to grow up and they're going to go to church. Uh, or maybe they're just going to read this in their Bible. But, or, or maybe they come to a church like New Song and they, they hear a preacher like me get up in front of them. And I'm going to say something like this to them. That God is like a father with a heart like a mother. Because that's what the Word of God says about God. And your kids are going to hear that, and, and they're either going to be able to receive that accurate picture of God because of you, or they will have to get to that accurate image of God in spite of you. And you think about parenting. We as parents play this role of God in, our, in the lives of our kids and how they see us. You, know? you as a parent, are, in a physical sense, are a parent's creator, or your child's creator, you're their provider, you're their lawgiver, you're their teacher, their protector, and from time to time, you're their savior, right? And so you can see how kids can relate their view of God to their view of how they get raised within your home. And some of you right now are even thinking about how you were raised in your home. And some of you have a hard time relating to God because of the way that your parents related to you. And there's some freedom issues that maybe you've never been able to deal with that, that you need to walk through. In fact, I'm excited because in a couple of weeks we're going to start a series called Free Indeed where we're going to be talking about you stepping into the freedom that God has for you because God wants you to be free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. But, but here's the thing. We as parents, if, if this is who we are, if this is the role that we play in our kids' lives, we are under obligation to live in such a way that, that honors that concept. To live a life in such a way that's worthy of that honor. 
And in order to do that, we're going to have to have faith beyond where we are in the moment with our children. You see, it takes faith to raise kids. It takes faith to see beyond where you're at today, beyond some of the messes that you have to deal with, beyond some of the the rebellion that you may see in their teenage years, to see to what they're capable of doing in the hands of God and in the hands of a parent who is directing them in the right way. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You know, if you have kids, you know that they change quickly. I remember my, my son Gus, he's gonna be eight in about 20 days. I remember when he was just a little guy, you know, and he was built like a little linebacker and he had no neck and he was just this thick little dude running around calling me Dida. And now he's eight years old and he's skinny and he's long and he asks a lot of questions that sometimes I don't have the answers to. And, and how quickly things change. In another eight years from now, he'll be 16. That freaks me out a little bit. And to be honest with you, it's a little annoying. I kind of want him to stay little, right? And, and, but here's the thing. We have these kids for this such a short time frame that we get to pour into them. And listen, your kids need you. That's why they're the way they are. You know how needy your kids are? They're that way for a reason. God made them to need you because he wanted you to be able to train them up and to teach them the right way to go. And if you look at the job of parenting without faith, all you'll see is problems. All you're gonna see is the work. All you're gonna see is the aspects of it that can feel burdensome. But if you look at your kids with an eternal uh, viewpoint, with faith, you'll see the impact that they can not only have within your home, but within the world around them. We got to see our kids the right way. And let me just tell you this. If you see your kids as a burden, you're going to parent them like they're a burden. And if you parent them like a burden, they're going to even feel more like a burden to you. You've got to get it in your head. This is a gift. Every one of these children, no matter what kind of frustration they may bring into my life from time to time, they are a gift from God to me. And the fact that God gave them to me tells me that I have everything within me to raise them and train them up in the way that they would go because God wouldn't give them to you if you couldn't handle it. Isn't that good? So listen, we gotta see our kids the right way. They are a gift. They're not a burden. They're a blessing from the Lord. All right, so let's get into my four points now. All right, talking about arrows, talking about how our kids are like arrows. Point number one is this. You have to aim them. Aim them. If you're taking notes, write that down. Aim your children. Your children need to be aimed in the right direction. Uh, With arrows, there's a lot of different kinds of arrows. Uh, And with your kids, there's a lot of different kinds of kids. But there's only one bullseye for us as parents. Uh, I I was doing some research this week on arrows. In fact, I got on this website, this archery website, and started looking at at, at arrows. And arrows are made up of, of three components. You have the the arrow shaft itself, like the wooden part, or sometimes it's graphite or, or plastic or whatever it may be. You have the feathers, or they're also called veins, that are on the end of, of, the, uh, of the arrow. And then you have the point of the arrow that can have a lot of different options there. It can, be, it can glue in, it can screw in. There's all sorts of different options. On this one website in particular, there were 270 different shafts. There were 300 plus different feathers or veins. And there was over 1,000 different tips that you could have. So when you factor all that in, you look at this, you basically take these elements and you build the kind of arrow for whatever it is that you're going to go hunt or whatever it is that you're wanting to go do. 
Now, in the same way that there's all these options with arrows, really there's all these options with kids when you think about it. You know, kids are all different. They have different personalities. They have different uh, ways of thinking. You know, I, I think about my kids, man. God's given me these three different kids in my home that are all so different in so many ways. In fact, I've got some pictures of my kids this morning. I want to talk about them a little bit. This is Gus. This is my oldest. This was taken at the beginning of the school year, and he hasn't had a haircut since. So he looks like Samson right now. It's awesome. But, um, but so that's Gus, and he's my firstborn. And if I had to sum up Gus in a word, it would be this, passionate. He is passionate about everything he does. He's passionate about eating a burrito. He's passionate about playing a video game. He's passionate about sports. He's really gotten into sports lately. He loves to watch sports. So he's been watching the Thunder games with me, and I've taken him to games, and he cheers, and he, he like lives, almost lives and dies with every play that goes on in the game. Every missed shot, every shot made, he's like, oh, he's just up and down throughout the game. And then, but know this, when we come home, he watches the game at home the exact same way. Like he is cheering, and last night was a rough night for us, okay? He was banging, he was hitting on the bed. I had to be like, buddy, I'm gonna put you to bed if you can't do better than this, because he was, he was struggling. But he, he, he's passionate. Um, we, we took him, and, he, and not just like big sports, he has a five-year-old sister that plays soccer. Uh, she plays for the Spiders. And, and if you know anything about five-year-old soccer, basically the name of the game is see who can kick the ball out of bounds the fastest. It's kind of how it works. But, but he'll come to her games and he'll cheer for her games like he's watching a Thunder game. In fact, the other day at the end of the games, it was the Pirates versus the Spiders. And she plays for the Spiders and the Spiders won the game five to one. And so at the end, they blow the whistle and say ball game. And Gus stands up, points at the Pirates and says, in your face, Pirates! At which point, me as a father is sitting him down going, <laughs> all the other parents are like laughing and I'm saying, hey, he gets it from his mom and, you know. <laughs> but that's him. He's passionate. That's, that's just how he is. My next, this is my next child. This is Bo. Now, Bo is kind of our flower child in our house. She is a free spirit. Uh, she can go from, from very happy to very angry to very happy in 2.3 seconds. Like she can flip a switch like you wouldn't believe. Um, she likes to get in the mud and in the dirt, get her hands dirty. Um, but she's, you know, she's a very, she's passionate too, but she directs it in different ways. She's all about justice. Like she wants things to be just and right. There, anytime we take her to the playground, she's going to pick a fight with somebody. You're going to hear at some point her yelling at some other kid that that's not fair or that's not right. And so that's, that's Bo. And then this is Sunny. This is my baby. Uh, Sunny is two, and Sunny is what her name is. She is she's very sweet. Um, she's very organized. Like one of the games she likes to play is she takes all of the things out of one basket and then puts them back into the basket in a more organized way. She's the one that if she's in the bathtub before she'll get out of the bathtub, she wants to put all her toys away in the bathtub. Uh, she is our gift for not killing the first two. <laughs> and. <laughs> And we, we, we love, but we love them all and they're all great. But you can, what I'm trying to show you is they're all different. You see how different they are. And I'm sure you, if you have kids, they're all so different. Their personalities are so different and, and they're made that way by God. God uh, knits them together in, 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 their, in the mother's womb and creates them to have these different kind of things within them. The Bible talks about how we're to train up a child in the way that they should go, that every child has a particular way that they're going to go. And so our role as parents is to help them to find that way, to help them to find the way that God has for them. But at the same time, as a parent, there is one bullseye. There's one target. There may be different ways that they get there to what it is that God wants them to do, but the target for us as parents, Jesus talked about in Matthew 6, 33, he said this, seek first, everybody say first, 
Seek first, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And look at this, and all these things, all all these other things, everything else, will be added unto you. The bullseye for us as parents in raising our children, um, the highest and most important priority when approaching raising your kids is this, that they come to know God, that they come to know Jesus, that they come to, that we, we, we engage them in such a way that they come to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That is the highest priority that we should have as parents in raising our kids. It's great that they have a good education. It's great that they have all the things that they need. They get to play these sports. That's all great, well and good. But if we fail at teaching them to know God, we fail as a parent. Because listen, if they don't come to know God, then they will not go to heaven and they will not be eternally with you for the rest of your life. The only thing you get to take with you to heaven is your children. Everything else, no matter how, how important it may seem to you at this point in your life, everything else besides your family is going to burn someday. It's not going to last. Those things are going to pass away. The only thing we get to take with us to heaven is a family that we train up and raise the right way, that we, can, that we engage them in knowing God and coming to know Jesus the right way. It's so important. Joshua said this in Joshua twenty four fifteen. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in, the, in, those, in whose land you dwell. But look at this. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house. Listen, this is the kind of approach you have to have as a parent in aiming your children towards the right things. It's great that everybody else is doing what everybody else is doing. That may be well and good for them, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to put first things first. We're going to build a home and a family where everything orbits around this idea of seeking God first. Because if it doesn't orbit around that, it's not going to matter. And I want you to know something today. And and this may kind of hurt a little bit when I say this, but listen. Every one of us has already made a decision on this. And if we're not intentional to say that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, we're unintentionally going to be saying to our families and to our children, as for me and my house, we serve soccer. So we're going to, we're going to live our life and dictate our life in such a way that we're going, to, we're going to travel and go to soccer games. And you know, if that means we've got to miss church for a few months during soccer season, then we'll just pull our kids completely out of church. I want you to know something. When you do that... Uh, and, and listen, this is not just about church attendance this morning. But when you do that, you set a precedent for your children when it comes to the priority of God in their life. Because listen, your life speaks louder than your lips. You can say all day that I love God and I honor God and I put God first. But if your life doesn't line up with your lips, listen, your kids are going to watch your life more than they do your lips. And if you want your kids to honor God, if you want them to come to know God, you have to set that tone for them because you can't expect your kids to rise to a level you're not willing to rise to yourself. It's not going to happen. 
I know I might be stepping on some toes this morning, but this is important. I see in this world far too often that people don't prioritize the things of God and raising their kids in the right way, in the home spiritually, imparting the word of God into their home and their lifestyle, but also to make sure that their kids are involved in active community within church. These things are important. It's a big deal. We have to aim our kids because if you don't aim them, someone else will. The enemy would love to aim your kids towards the wrong stuff. And what he wants to aim them towards is destruction. And so we have to be intentional. We have to seek first the kingdom of God. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. What's the priority of your home? As a parent, what's the priority of your home? And you're aiming your children. Are you really aiming them towards coming to know God? And if not, you need to change that. You need to get get a plan in place. And that leads us to point number two. Take a stance. Take a stance. Stance matters. You have to plant your feet. You know, they say in archery that you should have your feet shoulder width apart, that they should be perpendicular to your target. And, And as you do this, your stance provides the foundation through which you can fire that arrow and and try to hit the target. And uh, I I just see far too often that that parents go into parenting their kids and they don't really have a stance. They don't have a plan in place. The Bible says that when there's a lack of vision, that people perish. And so you need to have a plan in place. I remember when me and Sarah were first beginning to think about this idea of having kids, we began to look at what was going to be our plan. How are we going to raise our kids? What kind of style did we want to have for raising our kids? And listen, I know there's different kinds of parenting styles that people have. And, and so you've got to figure out what works best for you in that way. But, but what is your, beyond just how you're parenting your kids, how are you spiritually parenting your kids? What are, what are the cornerstones that you're building spiritual foundation for your kids in? I'll tell you what mine are. Mine are the name of Jesus, them knowing Jesus. Mine are the word of God, and the house of God, the church. And I have people come up to me from time to time and they'll ask me questions about my opinion on stuff. I guess because I'm a pastor, people want to know what I think. So they'll come up to me and they'll say, hey, what do you think about gay marriage? Or they'll say, what do you think about all this transgender stuff that's going on right now? Or what do you think about pol- the politics that we're seeing and, and who to vote for and these things? And, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think. You want to know what I think? Here's, here's, my, here's what I think on these things. Here's my opinion on those things. Whatever the word of God says... That's my opinion. I'm a Christian. I do what Jesus says to do. And he told me that I build my life on the word of God. And so when I do any of these, any of these things, any of these factors that come up in my life are not built on my opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> and anybody else's opinion that goes against the word of God doesn't matter. What matters is what the word of God says. So when I face an issue like gay marriage, well, what does the word of God say? Well, it says Adam and Eve are these two people that God built and put together to work together, I, I, that's, to me, that's the picture of marriage. Transgender issue. I believe God created us the way he created us and that he doesn't make mistakes. Politics. I don't vote based on what's going to be the best tax breaks for me, what's going to you know, make things the best. I vote based on what the word of God says and whoever lines up the closest to the picture I see of the word of God. That's a hard thing to do these days. But, but I, that's, that's how I live my life. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I want to be a wise man. I want to have wise kids. 
And so what am I going to do? I'm going to put God's word into practice in my life. I'm going to build my life on that, on the firm foundation of the rock of the word of God because I know that that will breathe life into me and my family and everything else. And listen, it, it really simplifies parenting. So when your parents come up to you or your kids come up to you and they have these questions, you don't have to just try to figure out the best answer you can come up with. You can go to the word of God and see what the word of God says about it. It's our guidebook that God's given us to, to guide in us and how we raise our kids. And look at this. this. This is what the Bible says about itself. The Bible says that it is flawless. It teaches us. It is God-given. It is alive and active. It is able to build us up. It equips us for life. It trains us in what is right and what is wrong. It brings reproof and correction when needed. It rightly discerns your thoughts and intentions. So what am I building my kids on? I'm building my kids to know Jesus. I'm building my kids on the word of God. And then I have this other organization that I work with. I want to tell you guys about. It's a really cool organization that we use in parenting our kids. Uh, and, And let me tell you some of the benefits of this organization before I tell you what it is. It increases the average life expectancy of your children by eight years. It significantly reduces their risk of, of, of using alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. It dramatically lowers their risk of suicide. It helps them to rebound from depression 70 times faster. It dramatically reduces their risk of committing a crime, improves their attitude towards school. It, it reduces the likelihood of them binge drinking in college. It improves the quality of their life that they would lead to a very happy life, provides them with a lifelong moral compass, and provides children with a caring, extended Family Sounds like a pretty good deal, right, as a parent. Uh, and, and this organization, what's really neat about it is it's, it's just a couple hours every week, and it's completely free. And this program that we have our kids involved in, and I would encourage you to have your kids in, is this. It's active church participation. That's this study after study. This, all this stuff was taken, those stats were taken from these secular colleges that did a study about kids who are actively involved and planted within the church and what that leads to in their life. I was a kid that was raised in church, and I can tell you, man, it made an impact in my life. Now, just because you're bringing your kids to church doesn't excuse you from being a spiritual impartation in their life. In fact, you need to be the number one voice spiritually for your kids. The church's job is to partner with you and what you're already doing, not the other way around. And, and I, I was a children's pastor for years, and I can tell you this. The kids that, that came into church that had parents that were working with them throughout the week and making sure they were instilling the word of God in them, they were heads and tails further along than the other kids. It's a big deal. The church isn't just a place you go dump your kids off and hope that they get you know, the word. And listen, we are intentional about getting ki- the word of God into kids here. We're not just reading the Bible stories. We are training your kids to be disciples, but we need you to partner with us. In fact, we're trying to partner with you is really the goal. But we, we need you to, to be involved in that. But listen, church is a great place for you to connect, for your kids to connect in community, for you to connect in community. Look at, look at what the, the, the Bible says, Psalms 92 verse 13. Those who are planted... We're talking about a stance. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of of our God. That word flourish there means blossom, grow, fly, spring up, bud. When our kids are planted, when we are planted within the church, it produces life in our kids' lives. So we we gotta get into the house. There's an old saying that says, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And it's so true. We've got to take a stand. We've got to have some spiritual stances that we're taking with our children and raising them. Is this good so far? Number three is think like a warrior. Think like 
a warrior. Back to Psalms 127 verse 4. It says, children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. An arrow is a weapon. And this, my friends, that we are in in this world is a war. And notice that an arrow is not a defensive weapon. It's an offensive weapon. Um, You know, I look at the world sometimes, and, and I'm sure you're this way too. The world just seems to be going to such a bad place. I, I graduated this year. I will have been uh, graduated from high school for 18 years. 18 years ago, I graduated. 18 years. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, 18 years ago, man, I remember when I was graduating, things were pretty messed up in, in high school. And today, I hear about some of the things that teenagers are dealing with and some of the struggles they're having. And I, and I think if we're not careful, we as parents begin to go, oh, we got to protect them from this. We got to shield them from all this because we don't want them to get that worldly stuff in and that carnal nature. Got to keep that away from them. You, you do need to protect your kids. You need to have some guards in place and things like that. But, but I would also encourage you that you need to change your mindset when it comes to raising your kids. And my challenge to you would be to flip your way of thinking and raising your kids and to consider that because the world is so messed up, uh, you're going to intentionally raise up children to be arrows that can be difference makers in this world and that will bring light into the darkness. Arrows that can be released into the hands of God to one day go and to do, to bring light into the dark places and to bring healing to the hurting. You know, when you think about a warrior, a warrior doesn't have an arrow. They don't just, you know, do target practice with their arrow. Their arrow, they they would create an arrow, they would fashion it and build it. They used to have to build their arrows. And they would build them to do damage to their enemy or to take down game. There was, the goal wasn't just to practice target shooting, it was to kill bad stuff. It was to take down an enemy. And see, sometimes I think our goal with our kids is we need to protect them from the enemy. We need to shield them from the enemy. But the goal is not to protect your kids from the enemy, to protect your kids from the world. It's to prepare your kids for the world so that you can one day release your kids into the world and they go directly at the enemy and directly at his strongholds in this world and they begin to take those things down. That's warrior-minded parenting. We're not trying to shield our kids and hide our kids from the devil. Listen, you try to protect your kids, your kids are going to face stuff, okay? Whether you realize it or not, they're going to have to deal with stuff. They're going to have to deal with their hearts being broken at some point. They're going to have to deal with people letting them down. They're going to face this stuff. You either prepare them to, to handle it or you don't, and then they'll go into it, and they'll go buck wild, man. I was a youth pastor. I saw this happen. I saw kids sometimes that their parents didn't prepare them. They just tried to shield them from everything. And so these kids, the moment they get out of the house, they're the ones in college standing up on kegs, pouring beer all over themselves because they have no way of understanding how to handle the things that are now in front of them because they weren't prepared. We got to prepare our kids. We can't hide them. We fashion them in such a way that we can shoot them so they can go and do damage to the kingdom of darkness. We got to have a warrior mindset when it comes to our kids. And then point number four, I'm going to invite the band to go ahead and come out here and help me shut this thing down. Point number four is this. We got to let them fly. Let it go. Let it go. We can't hold them back anymore. Somebody got it. There we go. Man, you guys are slow this morning. Well, we got to let them go. You know, you can have the best arrow in the world. You can have the best bow. You can have your aim on target. But if you don't open up your hand and release, then that arrow is not going to go anywhere. And there comes a point for us as parents 
where we release our kids into this world. And here's the beautiful thing about us parenting our kids the right way is if we do it the right way, when we release them into this world, they will go to places and do things that are beyond the scope of what we're even able to do. You know, you think about an arrow in biblical times. They would, they would face walls, fortified cities that had walls on them. And when they'd face these walls, there would be people up on top of these walls that they couldn't get to. They couldn't scale that wall. So what would they do? The archers would come out and they'd pull back these arrows and they would shoot those arrows to areas that they couldn't get to on their own. Maybe they were going down into a a valley or maybe there was a cliff or something and the enemy was down there. They were hunting some kind of game down there and they couldn't make it down that treacherous decline. So what would they do? They'd pull out their arrow and they would shoot it down to these places. Maybe there was a river between them and their enemy and they wanted to, to fight this enemy and so the only thing they could do was shoot that arrow over that over that, whatever that chasm was to get to that enemy. Listen, in the same way, our kids, we release them someday and they're gonna go to places. They're gonna go to heights and depths and reach places that me and you will never be able to reach, that we were never supposed to reach. That things should just get better and better and better with every generation. And yet far too often, things begin to decline. I think they decline because we don't we lose our intentionality when it comes to parenting and partnering with God and parenting the children that he's given to us. See, we are going to raise up kids that because of of our experience and because of our parenting and what we've trained them to do, they're going to have our strength and they're going to have our prayers and they're going to have our love and they're going to have our support and because of that they're going to be able to be guided by God to reach heights and to do things for God that we maybe will never be able to do. That's my goal for my kids. That my kids will go to places that I I can't go and do things that I couldn't ever do. We've got to be deliberate with our children. I read a quote this week I thought was really, really good and really interesting, and I think it applies so well to what we're talking about today. It's by a guy named F.W. Borum. It says this, When God sees that in this poor old world a wrong needs righting or a truth needs to be preached or a benefit needs inventing. Look at this. He sends a baby into the world to do it. See, the children that you have that we talked about in Psalms 127 that says they're a gift, that they're a blessing, that they're a reward. Yes, they're that for you, but they're also supposed to be that for the world. That we're supposed to raise up kids that go into the world and impact the world. And there's no greater picture than that, of that than Jesus Christ. See, when God looked at this world years ago and saw this world that was, was sick with sin and messed up beyond repair, he took out his bow and he shot an arrow at this world. God's solution was to send his own baby, his son, as a little baby into this world as an arrow to die on the cross for our sins, to do damage to the kingdom of darkness and to make a way so that me and you could have light and be saved from perishing. And so Jesus came into this world on a mission as a child of God. And my challenge to you as parents is to parent like that, to parent like a warrior, to see your kids as a blessing and not a burden, to aim them in the right direction, to be intentional with them, to take a stance in this world where Taking a stance sometimes is frowned upon. 
but we're going to take one anyways because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. To think like a warrior and then when the time comes to be able to let our kids fly and raise up kids that will go and make a huge impact in this world. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. Lord, I thank you for this truth that we see in your word that, that raising kids is such a big deal and such a huge opportunity that we have in front of us. And I pray today, Lord, that you would seal some things in our heart and our approach. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that it, even as this message has been being taught today, that you've been talking to parents and helping them to come up with a plan and a strategy for raising their kids in this world to make a difference. God, we don't want to raise kids that, that get just dropped into the hands of the enemy and get used by the enemy as an arrow to hurt the kingdom of God. We want to raise kids who become arrows in the hand of a warrior that go and released into God's hands and do damage to the kingdom of darkness and bring light and healing and restoration to people that open the eyes of the blind and use their gifts and their talents and their skills to make a difference and turn darkness into light, Lord. Help us to be those kind of parents in this place today. If you would, would you stand with me this morning?